Welcome to the Abortion Recovery Network podcast. We are group leaders helping group leaders with abortion recovery ministry through informal and casual conversations. Your hosts are Linda Keener Thomas, founder and board chair of the National Memorial for the Unborn, and Mindy Lefeshore, founder of An Even Place Virtual Abortion Recovery Ministry. As I began An Even Place in January 2022, I wanted to talk with other abortion recovery ministry leaders to share the vision I had and learn whatever I could about abortion recovery ministry. As I talked to some amazing women who I now call friends, I was surprised to learn they were as eager as I was to hear from other leaders. An idea was birthed to start a podcast of leaders by leaders for leaders from all over to share experiences, ideas, challenges, joys, and learn from one another while doing your laundry, cooking your dinner, or driving in your car. Linda and I met the fall of 2022. I shared this idea with her and she jumped on board. Our desire is to allow you to enter our conversations with other abortion recovery leaders, learn the nuts and bolts of how they lead their groups, and connect with one another to build a strong network of leaders helping leaders reach the millions suffering with an abortion experience. Well, hello, Linda. I'm glad you're here today because uh, oh, we're going to miss Regina. So Regina Block was going to be our guest interviewee today, and she came down with a fever and is not feeling well. So probably by the time anybody listens to this, that she's going to be well. We're going to, we're just praying for healing. We'll but redo it. You yes. can, you can, uh, pray for her because God's outside of time and he'll hear those prayers in the right time. And, uh, we are, yes, going to reschedule her, but Linda and I are here today. We are recording to us. This is a milestone. It's our 10th podcast. We're excited because now we're going to actually start to be a little more proactive about getting it out into our private sectors so that you all can hear it. Um, that was our goal. So was our first goal was 10 podcasts and we're excited. We hit 10. Yay. <laughs> For us who has no, we have no idea what we're doing. And, um, and but just we're having God a lot is, of fun doing it. We are. And God has really blessed it because, um, it's just been really, really good to talk to other people who are doing it uh, from just a, and- just the same kind of playing, you know, we're not like I'm teaching you, you're teaching me and you're the expert, but we're just talking to each other. And that's what I really love about this podcast is we're just kind of all on the same ground and, you know, helping Absolutely. each other that and, way. And some of these, some of the ladies we have, have interviewed are just been delightful. We feel like we have new friends and um, yes. God is building an army as we work together. So it's Absolutely. Been great. And we just, so, you know, have, um, guests scheduled out through October of this year. So we're in June. So that gives you an idea. Some, a lot of interesting, wonderful people are coming on. We have mm-hmm. some repeat guests coming back and I'm um, really excited for some of the topics that we're going to be discussing. And we're going to have some men on in the future. So this is, uh, is going to be exciting. And be sure if you are listening to this, um, if you have some ideas of who or subjects that you would like to hear, um, be sure and get get our um, send us an email at the at the link um, in the your podcast page there, and uh, give us any ideas. Yeah, I thank you, Linda, because we these are topics that we all want to discuss. Like the one we I start I get a in touch with somebody and I'm like, Hey, you know, what are the things closest to your heart? What are, what are the things that you feel like you have, you could talk the most into. And I'll have that discussion, like a pre-interview with some of these ladies. And, 
and then we get on and we talk, but there's so many questions I have that I still, we have a a list on our, a sheet, a spreadsheet of all these topics that we want to talk about, but we want to know what you want to hear about. This isn't just about us. We just thought, well, we're having the conversations, let's include everybody in it. Right. But we want to know genuinely what you want to hear. And if you know somebody that's a great leader, you know, that would have a good um, topic to talk about, or that, you know, that other people would want to hear from, let us know, because we'd love to have that person on as well. We'd love to meet them and make those connections and let everybody else in on that conversation. So today, so today's topic, we are going to talk about how to promote abortion recovery through the pregnancy centers. Some pregnancy centers do a fabulous job. Other centers, we are kind of the stepchild in the background, uh, but also, and um, maybe they aren't really thinking of ways that they can promote that. So Mm -hmm. Mindy and I both had some experience in this area. And if you have a great idea we don't cover, let us know. But we're just going to kind of talk today about some ways that pregnancy centers can uh, really get abortion recovery before their people. Yeah. And, and like Linda touched on, we're not talking about all the, all the possible ways. And so if you have a great way that you're doing that in your center, let us know, Mm -hmm. come on the show. We want, if you don't want to come on, let us know so we can present that to everybody else. But um, we would love to have you on talking about what you're doing. So Linda, take it away. It's your show today. It's an interesting thing that since Roe versus Wade has been overturned. One of the um, results of that that's been been a lot of talk about is that abortion recovery has become more difficult because women, and I guess men as well, um, have perhaps the mistaken idea that since it is now illegal, that they they are more hesitant to come forward and and request help that somehow they're going to be perhaps prosecuted or looked down upon more um, if they seek that help and uh, I think that has trickled down to pregnancy centers as well so um, um, correcting that opinion that idea is very important that there's nothing that um is going to be come against them, um, prosecution or otherwise. So um, I think Mindy mentioned this it'd be about being bold as a pregnancy center of bringing that abortion recovery right up front. Um, Mindy, you mentioned perhaps even an intake. Why would you do that in the intake process? Well, that's the time when you're sitting there going over all their information. Now I'm sure every pregnancy center does it different, but I would highly, I would recommend that you take that sheet into the room if you're not and go over the pieces of information that they haven't filled out. So many women that we talk to who have abortion in their past don't want, are not going to mark that they've had abortion on their intake. They don't tell the doc. I don't tell the doctors. And let me just tell you why, because I go in there for the flu and they're asking me if I've had how many pregnancies I've had. And in my personal opinion, that doesn't matter. (laughs) It's not going to affect how they're going to treat me that day. So I don't, tell it, divulge that information. But even if there is information, like even if for some reason, how many pregnancies I have is going to affect how they're going to treat me for whatever, I generally won't tell them. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mm-hmm. don't really know how much medical treatment is affected by how, what kind of how, my abortions decades ago. So today, you know, my medical treatment today. So I generally don't divulge that information. I share. And she may on feel this- that way too. 
on, yes. on the intake at the pregnancy center. Like it doesn't matter. I'm talking about a different pregnancy now. Or I'm so how would about you go parenting. about? Yes. Right, right. So how would how would you go about getting her to actually um, divulge that? Yeah, I would just ask. Now, if you have somebody that has abortion, you know, volunteering that day, they might be um, good to share their story if the if the opportunity comes up. But I would just ask. I, I think um, a majority of us just want to know that somebody cares about them. Mm-hmm. You know? And just, mm-hmm. so I think to be bold, but kind, right? So um, speak the truth. How would that love. sound? And that might sound like, you know, um, can you tell me how many pregnancies you've had? And mm. have they, have you brought all of them to term? You know, it might ask mm. that on the, on the intake, but ask it more personally, you know, have you had an abortion? And you can kind of see in their face, some people are really good at hiding and, but some aren't, and you might be able to see it in their face. I mean, obviously you can't dig it out of them, but ask them. And if they say, yes, I've had an abortion, ask them how many because there is mm. a stigma with having an abortion, but there's another mm-hmm. stigma that comes with multiple abortions that I right. know because I've also had multiple. So ask them how many you've had. And then and that gives them permission to say it. Mm-hmm, exactly. And then I would just go, right. Maybe not, but go, you know, just depending on how that conversation flows, but make sure that you tell them at some point in that conversation that there is healing for that, that you offer a healing group, or, you know, of a healing group, you can get them connected to or something and help them to understand, um, the value of those healing groups. And if you don't understand that, get educated because women, I just had a gal come through a group who came through because she's getting ready to volunteer. So she was made to go through, which is another topic Linda's going to bring up, but she was made to come through abortion recovery because she had abortion in her past and the pregnancy center, well, you have to go through this first. That's what they told her. And she came to me and she said, I really don't think I need this. I know I'm forgiven, uh-huh. you know, and she, uh-huh. there's a difference between being forgiven and being healed. And so she mm. found out that there was healing that still needed to be done. And um, so many she, of us have it grieved. Mm-hmm, and now she's a big proponent of abortion recovery. Group. She said, I didn't even know these were available. She yeah. said, I, I need, everyone needs to know that they need to go through this. So there is such um, value and such joy in just really digging into this topic with scripture, with the Lord, with a properly trained facilitator and with people, other women who are going through this and just um, allowing God to bring life to that part of your heart that's dead. So making sure that the pregnancy center is requiring every volunteer, I think whether they're counseling or not, if they're working in the closed closet, it doesn't matter if they have not been through the healing process that they need to do that. Um, Another thing is our donor bases for the pregnancy center. You know, there's a lot of people that are motivated to give to the pregnancy centers because of an abortion in their background. And is the pregnancy center taking the message that these groups are available to their donor base through newsletters, through um, exposure at banquets? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's great to talk about how many babies are saved, Mm -hmm. but we need to also feature the abortion recovery and maybe including abortion recovery stories in the newsletter and at a banquet, Mm -hmm. uh, at a walk, you know, to um, reach our donor base as well Mm -hmm. so that they know that this is available. Yeah. You know, I think it just, it just hit me, but I think one way that could be communicated to the donor base, if you have abortion recovery in your 
center or, you know, what you're doing, um, is count how many babies are being honored. So that's something with every group, mm-hmm. whether it's a facilitator or a participant, I'm adding up the, the babies represented in that group and, um, and keeping track of those. Cause those are babies that were brought out of the darkness into the light, given their humanity, mm-hmm. given their dignity, given dignity. named, yeah. and now given moms, given permission to connect to and love. That's a beautiful mm-hmm. process. And so when yes. I report, I tell everybody, you know, this is how many babies we honored this year. And last year it was 30 babies. That's, that's a lot of children. I love that. And so mm-hmm. if we can, if you can communicate that to your donor base, that helps them to see it from abortion recovery from a different perspective. It just gives a little bit of shift it. on it. Yeah. I think that's pretty beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. I think having something in your waiting room or in where people uh, maybe just, I mean, we've got all kinds of vendors and other things coming through our front doors to have something visual there about post-abortion, about your recovery groups. What would Uh, that be? Whether a poster, a business card, um, something that, that if somebody passes through, they could see and pick up a business card and put it in their pocket. You know, you don't know your copy repairman, you know? So it's what would that, that look it's like? Getting it public. What would that look like, Linda? I mean, what, what would be on it? What would be the content on it that you're thinking? Oh, on the card. Um, or on the poster. Recovery after an abortion, abortion healing. Um, just the, the name of the group that it's available. Yeah. A beautiful it, that... picture of a woman. Free. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, our uh, my group that I do personally is set free from abortion, mm-hmm. um, and you know so the name says a lot, and um, just making that available to people. Yeah, I think um, being able to get your women that have been through groups to speak in your churches, um, having them as spokespeople um, that are going out and and giving their testimonies, because um, I think any of us in this ministry know how powerful testimonies are. That's that's where a lot of people get set free. Mm -hmm. Um, So getting the pregnancy centers to promote that um, out front, I think is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's talk a minute about um, what kind of resources. Now, uh, what do you mean? Promoting we're promoting through the pregnancy centers. Some pregnancy centers have post-abortion groups available. A lot don't. Mm -hmm. So what resources can they give to people? Um, Talk to me about um, virtual and helplines, other things that maybe are available, resources that are available for women that even if you do have on in-person groups, giving them other options. You know, Linda, you and I both um, volunteer for a help uh, abortion recovery helpline. Yours is Concepts of Truth. The one I volunteer with is H3 Helpline. They're both 24 hours a day and they're seven days a week. They're national hotlines. And Mm -hmm. I think having that information in your center, especially in a small town center where people tend to know everybody or they think they know, you know, everybody's going to know that they're Mm. there. If they come Mm -hmm. in because they're abortion vulnerable, right. And they're getting an ultrasound, give them, and they, they walk out and they haven't made a decision for life. They're still on the fence somehow. I would give them. Or even if they say they're going to have the baby doesn't necessarily guarantee that either. Right. But I would give them that helpline information, whether it's a brochure or a number or whatever, that way, if they have their abortion and they're afraid to come back to you and say, yeah, I've had an abortion, 
right now, I need help. They will have that number that they can call who will give them resources in their area, which may lead them back to you full circle. But the idea is that it gives them a safe place to reach out to and a safe place to call. So they don't have, you know, because, well, now I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to retract what I was thinking and nobody knew what I was thinking, but I was getting ready to say something that, you know, it takes time <laughs> for women to call, but anymore, these girls, um, I just had a lady call this week who had abortion a week ago. I had a lady call the other week who mm-hmm. had an abortion two days prior. So they're calling a lot quicker. Um, mm-hmm. Would they want to show their face back up in a place where they were pregnant once and now they're not? I don't know. But at least the the helplines allow them that um, privacy and confidentiality of being in their home and just saying, hey, I think I do need some help. Where would you point? Yeah, me? I've I've had some on the helpline that went to a pregnancy center and then aborted. They're not going to walk back in that pregnancy center, yeah. but um, if they've got the number that you've given them, um, mm-hmm. they they are likely to get, call that if they're hurting afterwards. Sure. And uh, do we want to give out those numbers? Um, I can uh, put those in the notes below, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, Just, we'll put the H three helpline notes. I'm not going to put both the numbers in the notes, but the H3 helpline, it's h3helpline.org. And then Concepts okay. of Truth is Concepts of Truth. What's that website? It's the International Helpline. The number is um, 866-482-LIFE, L-I-F-E, 866-482-L-I-F-E. Okay. Well, so I was not either prepared. one of those. <laughs> <laughs> this All is right. kind of off she's, the cuff today. She's going to make but, me give uh, the helpline number. So here it is, 866-721-7881. Okay. So H3 helpline is 866-721-7881. And both of those are Christian-based and mm-hmm. um, are manned by those of us that have had abortions. And uh, they will get good help and mm-hmm. referrals back to local centers if they mm-hmm. want that. Mm-hmm. How about the virtual option? Well, let me pause just one minute, Linda. Oh, sorry. I know Support After Abortion also has a helpline. I don't yes. have their number in good. front of me. I don't have it looked up, but they also have a helpline. You can go to their website and look there. And up. a good website. Yes. Support mm-hmm. After Abortion. They have abortion. a really good website. They have a network mm-hmm. provider also website um, or directory. I, I would also, any woman that comes in um, with abortion, abortion vulnerable or abortion determined mindset, however you're categorizing them, I would make sure they leave with, um, I'm going to, before I get to virtual and talk about retreats, I would get mm-hmm. some uh, brochures on different retreats. So if you've been to deeper still, you can get retreats from, or get brochures from them. Even if you haven't, you can get um, brochures from them to hand out Rachel's vineyard. Um, you might need to, I don't know if you can get them from their website or if you know a specific Rachel's Vineyard that's near you, but um you can get them at, get information about that or or at least give them an email or a phone number or contact however that works with Rachel's Vineyard. But both of those are really maybe good even just options. a little card. Maybe just a little card or a little piece of paper mm-hmm. with all of these resources mm-hmm. on them would be fantastic mm-hmm. to be able to hand them and mm-hmm. give them some options of of things that they can do after the abortion if they need help. Yeah, I agree with that. Hmm. Virtual is also another good option. Um, there are few people doing virtual on a continual basis. Um, let's see. I believe if not for grace, uh, org, they're doing virtual groups, um, continually and even place, which is where my, which is a ministry I, I founded 
does also does, also does a vir virtual abortion recovery groups. All that's all we do. So um, both of those websites, you can contact, reach out and have them contact, but you can give those websites as virtual options always. And um, if you go out to support after abortion, that's, you could also give them a link to the provider directory um, and get out there and um, they can get out there and find out what kind of stuff is where, you know, I think it's just about, they, they did such a thorough job of contacting pregnancy centers and abortion recovery people all around the nation, different types retreats. And they, they're supposed to list them out by what study they use and, and what medium, whether it's virtual one-on-one, -on -one, you know, in-person retreat kind of thing. So that would be another really good resource for them to get out there. Um, I know the H3 helpline also out on their um, website, they have um, a few pages, a few state pages that have some vetted um, Terry, the director is very, very um, particular about who she puts on the, her directory. She wants to make sure that whoever's doing abortion recovery is actively answering their phones, answering their emails mm -hmm. and involved, not just we have it because it's here. Like Linda mentioned in the very beginning, you're just a stepchild of that ministry, that pregnancy center ministry. And we have it. And when people come together, we do it, but who are actively pursuing the ministry and building the ministry. So she's very, very particular, but so anybody you find on the HD helpline, I know will be doing ministry and will answer their calls, but that's another resource. So there's a few resources. I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm certain there's others that I'm not aware of. Does concepts of truth have a directory of any kind on their website, Linda? Okay. So we had some technical difficulties. I don't know how this is going to come up in our podcast. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get some of it out or not. We'll, we'll see how that goes when I re-listen to it. So I was in the middle of talking about, I can't remember exactly what I was talking about, but I did, I think I mentioned that H3 Helpline has um, some vetted resources on their website. And I was asking Linda, um, so I'll ask you again, Linda, um, does Concepts of Truth have any resources on their website? For people to call or look into. Yes. Okay. Yes. We have all 50 states on there. So there's a great provider list on that as well. Okay, good. All right, good. Well, that there's a lot of places for people to go. Um, and I wanted to mention yeah. virtual too, especially in the pregnancy centers that are smaller, um, where privacy is more, maybe a more of an issue that um, to have some virtual groups um, available is really important for, for confidentiality and that, um, you know, I, I was, Mindy's the virtual expert and I have just recently um, began to um, talk about virtual and, and go through some groups, but uh, it's a powerful medium, especially for the confidentiality. And if you haven't tried that yet, um, I think you with confidence can refer women to virtual groups and know that they will get the healing that they need. Yeah, I've been um, just really, really um, blessed by all the virtual groups um, that we do and just how close you can get. I mean, it doesn't happen always, yeah. but um, you can get really, really close and bonded, even though you're states away. But the beautiful thing, I think, I think one of the most beautiful things about virtual is you're meeting women that are not in your social circles. So 
you know, sometimes thinking about virtual, we think at Facebook and social media and these different platforms that were on virtually online with people, but these are women that you've never met before in social circles. So there's no, there is a lot of confidentiality. There's no crossover there at this point where women are like, oh, I know you. It's and sometimes they can be much more open because of that. This is somebody that they're not going to really interface with. So you, they can lay it all out there and <laughs> be really honest and uh, dig deep. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. So much. So, and um, there was something else I was going to say about virtual and I can't think of what it was. Oh, the, the comfort of being in your own home. I mean, and the, mm. that, that mental space. So, you know, your home is generally your safe place. So you're already comfortable. You're already feeling safe. You're already feeling like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm in a, I don't have to go anywhere where people are going to see me show up. Now the challenges are just what we had today, you know, internet connections and right. you know, rain technology. And storms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's some challenges there, but um, it, there's challenges with everything. So it's a, it is a, just a, it's a great, great way to do abortion recovery it really is. I, I, right. I wouldn't have thought so years ago. And then, uh, when I started doing it, I was just blown away at how wonderful it is. Yeah. How God yeah. moves. So creating a safe place you mentioned, and I think that's true in our pregnancy centers, is creating a safe place for them to address abortion recovery. And I think a lot of it comes back to our attitude towards it. Mm-hmm. And that is going to improve when we become bold and we train even the volunteers perhaps that have not necessarily had an abortion but having them go through um, some abortion recovery training um, staff that haven't necessarily had abortion they need the training in order to not be afraid of it, number one, to be, like you said, bold and willing to say, have you had an abortion? Um, and, and sometimes that's hard for people to come out and be bold like that. But we need to do it in order to create that safe place to say it's OK to talk about this here. And it is a part of what we do as the Pregnancy Center. Yeah, I think I think having volunteers go through is a great idea because hmm, when the vol- when a volunteer goes through, and I, let me clarify, a volunteer that doesn't have our staff that doesn't have abortion in their past, why I think it's so good is they generally all of us have something in our past, mm. something right, and that we can connect to that we needed Jesus for. First of all, we're all sinners, but some of us have some wounds in our past that we understand shame. We the understand the closet. Yeah, secrets. We understand fear. Mm-hmm. You know, we understand. Okay, I really don't want to. I'm not going to talk about this too much, you know, and the need for healing and going through a healing process potentially. And so um, that's where we all connect. I think on the same level is that we're not, we might have different experiences, but we need Jesus just the same. And so being able to connect your story to a woman who's had an abortion um, on the basis of shame on the basis of anger, on the basis of anxiety or depression, or, you know, how you needed God, how you needed to get to know God, how God revealed himself to you, that ministers to each other. And so that gives the volunteer who doesn't have abortion a little more confidence, I believe, to go into that room with that lady and um, who who's thinking about abortion or who's had an abortion and um, 
just to be able to talk to her because now she understands that um, while the circumstances of her story are different, shame is shame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A couple other audiences, perhaps is the right word, um, are board of directors and other leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, are we talking to them about what's going on in abortion recovery at our, at our pregnancy centers? And our pastors, as we are talking about what the pregnancy center does, are we including abortion recovery as a key component of what the pregnancy center does or offers? Even if your pregnancy center isn't actively doing abortion recovery, you're still offering that as a resource. Right. And talking to the pastors opens up a whole new window of opportunities because that frees them then to talk about it from the pulpit, frees them to know when they're talking about abortion from the pulpit, that they have a resource that they can refer women that have that pain in their past to. And that frees them to talk more, more openly about abortion. Yeah. Yeah. So Linda, I'm curious, I know you were leading this, but I want to know, because you were an executive director in the 90s, correct? Yes, the whole decade of the 90s. Yes. yes. So how has abortion recovery changed or how has this ministry changed? Tell a little bit of that, because I know there was a big period where you stepped away and now you're back and it's different. Yes. Yes, it is. Well, technology is the major thing. I mean, we didn't have the hotlines. We didn't have the virtual resources. Um, But at my center, it was a major component of what we were doing. We definitely required all of our volunteers that had abortion in their past, of course, to go through groups. And uh, at that point, we had a, a base of 150 volunteers. So that fed a lot of people into group and of course as as they go into healing then you've got um, an army of women that have been given a voice that go out and spread the word so we had a very active um, post-abortion ministry and of course we had the national memorial for the unborn next to us so that kind of um I was wearing two hats then working on both organizations and that gave us a natural um, visibility for the whole abortion recovery. Of course, back then we didn't call it abortion recovery, we called it post-abortion. So that's been a change too, that we've we've changed our terminology, I think. Mm. I think we've become um, a little more sensitive. Talk about that a little bit, because not everybody, there's there's smaller PRCs that don't have abortion recovery in them all the time, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. aren't familiar with language change. So talk about what you've learned about language change. I think one of the key things is that post-abortion was a tag that we wore. I am a post-aborted woman. Mm. And I think abortion recovery, it's not an identity. It's something we're going through. It's a healing process that we're going through. Mm. And I think that's a good change. I think that that um, some of the things that we're trying to rethink are very key. Um, I think addressing men more, including men in that in that decision, of course, that's always a challenge. But I love, especially the retreat formats, seem to be um, a fairly new thing that has God has really blessed. 
And I think especially men, it's that's very helpful. They're not necessarily having the time to go through 12 week Bible study like we women uh, love to to we become best buds. <laughs> and that's not the way men process. And I think we've become more prof, um, sensitive to different um requirements, different needs for different people. And having all these different options, I think is a great, great thing to have. Back to the language, just for a minute. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking back to earlier in our conversation about um, in the intake process or talking with women about how to bring that up and other language that can be used is, do you have abortion in your past? Do you have a past Mm. abortion experience or do you have past Mm. abortion experiences multiple using that, um, plural on there to help them open the door to, okay, I can say I have had more than one abortion, but to just walk away from that term post-abortive and talk more in terms of, you know, do you have abortion in your past? I also like the term abortion trauma. Mm, yes. Um, I used to use the tragedy of abortion a lot in, in my promotion, but the word trauma, I think, um, gives it sort of more of a clinical feel to it um, that we're traumatized by many things in life Mm -hmm. and abortion causes a trauma and trauma is something that we can be healed from. Absolutely. So, so I love the, the trauma um, tag that I think makes it a little softer perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, Well, we talked about how to kind of promote, we were, t- we kind of went a little round, but we talk about sort of like in the pregnancy center, I guess, more than anything, you know, how to talk mm-hmm, to these mm-hmm. women and men and, um, and some other things, um, you know, getting this, the volunteers trained. Oh, what else did we talk about? We had a technical a hiccup for about 10 minutes. And so my, I lost my full train of where we were, (laughs) Right, right. there's, there's one other thing that I wanted to bring up in this vein real quick before we Uh get off. And that's getting the church involved in abortion recovery ministry. I think there's a ton of ways that could probably um, surface in any of our minds. And I'm sure there are a lot of things that are, people are doing out there. I would love to hear your ideas and what you're doing and see how to incorporate that myself. But I want to talk about what God has been doing with um, an even place and just why I think it's so vital. If you don't mind taking a few minutes with that. Um, wh- that was one of the things in the very beginnings I wanted the church involved. My thinking is uh-huh. um, <clears throat> we have created in not intentionally, but I think unintentionally created a divide in the church by saying anybody who doesn't have an abortion in their past should not be involved in post-abortion healing or, or abortion recovery ministry. And, um, I just, I disagree. And I know a lot of us disagree. I know some don't. And so I would hope that those of you who disagree with this position, I hope we can agree to disagree (laughs) and remain united on the front of abortion Mm -hmm. recovery as it goes. But I want to present the position of why the church is so vital in this. And that is a recently a participant went through. And one of the things that she said was, is we uh, live in community. We're created for community. We live in community. We sin in community. We heal in community. Those Mm -hmm. are her words. And Mm -hmm. I thought that was absolutely beautiful because we don't heal in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. We don't heal apart from the church. And if we go through abortion recovery group, we get healing, right? We're healed. The Lord heals us. And then we go into our churches and we could sort of talk about it, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe. 
<laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Not everybody gets a voice, mm -hmm. but if we are including the church and so how that looks is that can be a co-leader who doesn't have abortion, but has a story. Like we talked about earlier, the volunteers in pregnancy center ministry, not every volunteer in the pregnancy center had a, a un, un, unplanned pregnancy or unexpected pregnancy, but they're there because they have a heart. You know, mm -hmm. so I, I just kind of want to bring up a couple of um, examples here. There are many people in the church that do jail ministry that were never in jail. And there are <laughs> many people in the church that do alcohol and drug addiction ministry who never had an alcohol and drug addiction issue in their past. And so I think that we should allow the church to do the job of the church. There's the scriptures from Second uh, Corinthians that talks about, it says, Second Corinthians 1, it says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of all mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted mm, by God. Love it. So we comfort because he's comforted us. So we've learned, right? We learn how to comfort others because we've received that comfort from God. God didn't comfort us out of a point of experience. He has no sin. So mm. how are we comforted by God if he cannot relate to our sin? <laughs> because he comforts us in truth. And it's really a rhetorical question. I don't think I need to answer that question because the reality is, is we don't have to have your exact same experience to come alongside and show compassion to somebody and to uh, love on them and to encourage them and to help them walk through this and pray for them. So some of the things that, um, that I've been able to do is we send these, uh, because we're virtual, uh, we have to figure out a way to reach out and touch and hug the women practically. And women, most women love little gifts. So what we do is um, we send uh, cards every week and the church comes and they put these, they assemble these cards and I have it done a certain way, but they, they write on there with love, praying for you. I believe in you, you know, you'll get through this healing is possible. And they'll put these sweet little messages and then I send them out every week. Um, in an anonymous sort of way, it's confidential still, but. Well, no, it comes from me. So they, right. they assemble the whole card together and then I just address it and mail it in the week. And so they're assembled ahead of time. They have no idea who the women are that they're going to get. Right. Right. And then um, that's one way. And they love doing that. They love being a part of this. Another thing is I send out, when I do the weeklies, I have three separate packages that I'm sending out. They have um, little gifts and things in them. And I can talk about that at a different time, but they also have some, sometimes they have practical things. So the object lessons, some, some parts of object lessons are in these packages as well. And so the ladies helped me assemble these packages and they put a little note in there as well. You know, I'm praying for you. Just same little note, little sticky. It's not a big, long note, but they enjoy doing it. it helps them to give back. When I first started sharing with my Sunday school group that I was starting this ministry a couple of years ago, um, I had people approach me afterwards and say, you know, I don't have abortion in my past, but thank you. This is so needed. And I began to ask myself, how do they know it's needed when we're not having this conversation in church, right? Mm -hmm. The only time that conversation's ever been brought up is when I bring it up in Sunday school class. It is not like there's a lot of education. It's either sanctity of human life Sunday, the pregnancy center is doing this good work. Abortion is murder. And 
you know, we need to save babies. Not that it's always that way, but you know, that's the general message that's being resounded. Mm-hmm. And we know that that's a problem. All of us do. So how does the, how would they know that this is an issue? Because we're not talking about it from a point of healing. People aren't going in and saying, Hey, I've got a prayer request. You know, I had an abortion struggling emotionally. Can you pray for me? Right? <laughs> or right. I'm going to have an abortion. Can you just pray that the doctor has, you know, steady hands? We don't get those, we're not having those conversations. So it's very political, the conversations that we're having, but I began to understand and realize as God began to show me because we're the body of Christ. And when we stub our toe, our whole body feels it. It affects everything in our body. You know, when we get a paper cut, it hurts, right? It might be, it. it's when we get these, and, and abortion's a big wound. So I'm using the little wounds as a, re, as a night, as a, um, example, but abortion's a big wound. But the reality is, is the church knows it's hurting. They just don't know where it's hurting and they don't know what, what to do about it. So they want, but they want to do something about it. There's so I love that you have involved them and found a way for the church to, to be involved. One thing that we, that I have found is that uh, sometimes it's hard to go direct to the pastors. Mm -hmm. I know some people do a really good job of that. Um, but I have found the women's ministry leader is a great place to start. And uh, I have a couple churches that have actually brought the Bible study under the women's ministry umbrella. And uh, that has been really a great marriage for us to be able to have an ongoing um, relationship there. So that's an idea. Maybe if you can't get through to the pastor, find out who the women's ministry leader is and go directly to her. And the other thing, Mandy, that, you you know, as an independent, you're not under a pregnancy center. Um, I love you going, taking the initiative and going, you know, you can't wait for them to come to you. And so if you're an independent um, abortion recovery group, I think that's true as far as working with the pregnancy centers is to work to develop a relationship. Go take the director to to coffee, uh, get to know them, be, be a face show up um, for their meetings, uh, get involved with your local pregnancy center if you're doing independent work and develop that relationship. I know we've had uh, varying degrees of being able to do that, but we have to take the initiative to educate them and let them know about the abortion recovery. We tend to isolate and be doing our own little thing and get kind of tunnel vision. And uh, that networking in your community is really important. And that pregnancy center can be a great resource for you as you develop those relationships. Yes, that's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been a really good conversation, um, even with our little technical hiccups. Yeah. I'm sure Mindy will yes. cut those out and it will all seem smooth. Thank you for joining us. And uh, hopefully this will be, um, there'll be some little tidbit here that can help you work with the Pregnancy Center in your area to get the word of abortion recovery out to our communities. Thank you. See you later. Bye-bye.